This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear friends in Christ, our epistle lesson says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. That means celebrate, exalt, delight in God. He's coming. He's coming soon to save you from your sin. He's coming to take on our human flesh so that he might die to sin and rise so that we all might live forever. That's his sole purpose, to die for you, for your sins, so that you can live. Live forever and ever and ever, world without end. And in that life that God promises through Jesus, there'll be no sorrow, no sin, no suffering, no sickness, no death. No taxes, no politics, none of the things that make our world so difficult. Rejoice! That's what Christ has earned for you by his work, by his birth, by his cross. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. For thus says St. Paul, but lately we haven't been as joyful as Paul would have us be, have we? Think about the last year. Think about the last five years. Things have been kind of depressing, haven't they? It seems like the world is falling apart all around us. And in our struggles, in our frustrations, sometimes we've gotten grouchy instead of joyful. It's understandable. We've lost friends and family members to all manner of diseases and illnesses, even some to old age. Within our families, where we're supposed to be happy and love each other, there's conflicts that linger under the surface that make it difficult to communicate with those we're supposed to be closest to. How's your bank account look? Our savings have all dwindled with inflation rising and rising. Bread costs more. Chicken costs more. It seems there's no end in sight. We made it through another election year this year. With all the bickering and the fighting and the ads and the ads and the ads on TV. We feel like we're left choosing the lesser evil rather than the one who will do what we think is good. 
And maybe not tonight, as it perhaps will snow, but we've been in a drought, hardly any moisture since last Christmas. Have you had to have an appliance fixed this last year? Well, there's supply chain issues. The part might not be available for weeks and weeks and weeks. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice about what? We don't even know what tomorrow will hold. And as we become more grouchy, we've been less reasonable in dealing with others, with our brothers and sisters in Christ, haven't we? We only want to talk to people who think exactly like we do. We only want to watch the news channel that tells us what we already know. That agrees with how we think. If we run into someone who thinks differently, we can't empathize with them. All we can do is demonize them, destroy them, so that we'll be proved right and they'll be proved wrong. This makes us anxious about the world, doesn't it? We've become affixed with anxiety, with worry about our health, about how things will turn out, about what will happen tomorrow. Will there be war? Will there be famine? Will there be riots again? Or violence in our streets? Will we get sick? Will we be hospitalized? Will there be room for us in the hospital? Will Grandma make it through the year? Will we? We worry and worry and worry, lying awake in our beds at night, thinking about all of these things going on. We get angry at those who we believe are the cause of our anxiety. Quickly blame others, mostly behind their backs. After all, why would we want to talk to the person who's the thorn in our flesh? And so our peace is gone. And how could we have joy if we don't have peace? So how could we rejoice in the Lord always? You know what's behind this. Behind all of it. It's sin. Our sin. Our guilt. Wait, pastor. How can sin be behind all the things going on? How can sin be the reason that we're grouchy and angry and frustrated, that there's no peace? Because our sin distracts us from trusting in Christ. Our sin plugs our ears to hearing the good news that Christ has overcome this world. He's promised us a place where there is peace. Our sin stops us from hearing 
He who told us, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Don't be anxious about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Yes, of course you are. Jesus will provide for you. And he also has taught us to forgive, to love our neighbor, to show compassion. He said, you have heard, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Our sin stops us from hearing God's word. And the truth is this, even our lack of joy... Our being constantly in the doldrums about this world is a result of sin. I mean, honestly, think about it. Why in the world should we be so glum if Christ has done what he has done? What problem is there that he has not solved by his death and resurrection? What possibly could defeat you Destroy you. Take God's mercy from you. Hasn't Jesus made the blind to see, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear? Hasn't he cured terrible diseases like leprosy and dropsy? Doesn't he have control of the wind and the waves, even the wind that blows outside our walls tonight? And even if you die, hasn't he promised that yet shall you live? Hasn't he solved even that problem? What is left? What problem? What challenge, what difficulty is left that Christ has not provided the solution to? So why are your eyes fixed on your worries, on your anxieties, on your sadness, rather than on Him, the one who has overcome it all, has promised to give you victory. Dear Christian, repent. Repent of your sin. No your lack of faith in Christ is sin 
Christ has died for. Repent and believe that Christ has taken care of all your sin, all your sorrows, all suffering. Repent and know that his blood covers and washes every challenge that afflicts you in this world. No, it may not always make things easy for you. No, Christ will not always prevent you from getting sick, from being poor or hungry. Christ will not make your life in this world all rainbows and sunshine with unicorns. No. But he still gives you victory. Still gives you forgiveness. Life. Salvation. Because of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you will be resurrected from the dead. You will live forever in a perfect world, face to face with the God who is hidden from you here and now. And he'll be with you here and now all the same, even if you cannot see him. He'll be with you as you face the challenges day by day, moment by moment, year by year. He'll keep your eyes fixed by his word, by his sacraments, upon Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. As we face the challenges of this world, and as we at times are angry or anxious or uncertain, our Lord sustains us. Here in church, he gives us the food of heaven from this altar, the very body and blood of Jesus given for us to eat and to drink. Here in church, he washes away our sins in the waters of baptism, not just as a one-time past event. You are baptized now and always God's own child. Here in this place, he gives you faith through his word, which he sends into your ear. And where that word comes, the Holy Spirit is attached to call, gather, enlighten, and sanctify you in the one true faith, trusting always in Christ Jesus. Here in the church, we are in this together, for real, not like the platitude that the world shouts. We're in this together forever as the body of Christ to support each other in our times of need, to dry each other's tears in our times of weeping, to tell each other the truth of Christ when we are doubting. We together are sustained by our Lord Jesus Christ in the one true faith. And the fruit of that faith the fruit of knowing that Christ has overcome the world, that's joy. 
That's rejoicing. That's peace and comfort in the darkest times. That's a light that shines in that darkness and cannot be overcome. Joy, just like St. Paul speaks of in our epistle lesson. Joy in the promises of God. Joy in the blood of Christ. Joy in the coming of our Savior. He's coming to rescue us. and To take us to victory. About 500 years ago... Preaching on this very text, Martin Luther wrote it this way. This text, though short, is a suggestive and important lesson in Christian faith. It teaches how we should conduct ourselves towards God and towards our neighbor. It says simply, rejoice in the Lord always. Joy is the natural fruit of faith. The apostle says elsewhere, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and self-control. Until the heart believes in God, it is impossible for him to rejoice in him. When faith is lacking, man is filled with fear and gloom and is disposed to flee at the very mention, the mere thought of God. But when faith in the gospel exists in the heart, God is recognized as favorable and pleasing. The heart confidently feels his favor and grace, and only these. It fears not God's chastisement. It is secure and in good spirit, because God has conferred upon it, through Christ, superabundant goodness and grace. Such is the rejoicing of which Paul speaks. A rejoicing where is no sin, no fear of death or hell, but rather a glad and all-powerful confidence in God and in his kindness. What more could you say than the words of our epistle lesson? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. In the name of Jesus, amen. This has been With Intrepid Heart Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession, and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.